Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, last time we left off where we were talking about um, the 24 tattvas of matter, prakriti, and also purusha. And I think some of you might find that quite interesting because it was a part of science that I didn't know about. Um, and I'm sure some of you will probably find that quite uh, um, interesting. It was so interesting, today, but I'm still chewing on it. <laughs> yeah. Lou, you are um, a very good um, learner. Yeah. Well, I'm still going to have to work on this a little bit, so we may have to go back for that a little bit. But Fine. Yeah. It's a, yeah that was we, a big episode. That's that was a big episode, yeah. yeah. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Chapter 3, Verse 30, to, let's see if we can get to verse 32. Um, so verse 30 in chapter 3 basically says, renouncing all actions in me, with a capital M, Krishna is saying this, with thoughts resting on the self, with a capital S, renouncing all actions in me, all thoughts resting on the self, free from hope and attachment, Fight without mental fever. Hmm. This is the technique of right action of karma yoga. And basically what Krishna is teaching Arjuna, and that's why he's saying fight, because he's talking to a warrior who's on the brink of war. Right. But really he's telling all of us that whatever you do, do it without mental fever. And we'll talk about each one of these things. So he's saying all actions should be dedicated to me as God with all thoughts resting on me, the self, Atman, without any hope of something coming out of it, without attachment to the fruit. Do not have the mental fever that goes along with any action. Mm -hmm. So it is a very, to me, I mean, each one of us, every person that reads the Gita has some verses or the other, more than one, that really resonate. Right. And I'm a very rajasic person, so I need to do action all the time. And yeah. when I heard this, I said, this fits me so well because I can feel exactly what he's talking about. What he's saying is that every action has the ability to generate energy. And we know this, right? Right. You feel a little lazy in the morning and you say, you know what, I don't feel like going to the gym. Right. But you say, okay, let me do some action. You go out to go out for a brisk walk. What happens is that brisk walk, by the time you're done, as long as you're not exhausted from it, you come back and you say, I feel invigorated. I feel great. I feel good. What has happened is you've generated energy by doing an exercise. So by your actions of walking, you've generated energy. Same thing happens with, uh, say, studies. Uh, I, I remember, you know, when I was a student, there were times where I say, I got to study for this exam that's coming up. And you say, I got to study, study, put it off. And you feel lazy. Yeah. You don't feel like doing it. Right. But as you start to study, you know, suddenly something clicks and you say, wow, this is interesting. And your mind actually takes over and you say, I, I'm, I'm generating more mental energy. So this could be in your body, your mind, or your intellect, that your action that you're taking in the body or the mind or the intellect is generating some energy to it. So any ideal action has two parts to it. When you act, 
The first part is the action itself generates energy to act further. It must invigorate you with energy when you take such an action, such as the walking that I told you about. Right. The second part of that ideal action is that you have to use that energy positively. The action should not dissipate the energy. So Gautam Jain gives us an example of a bucket. He said, imagine that you want to fill this bucket with energy that is coming out from the faucet. Mm -hmm. So you turn the faucet on and there's energy flowing into the bucket, but there's three holes in the bottom through which this energy is flowing out. So as you fill it, it keeps going out. So the bucket never gets uh, filled. So you have to plug the holes. So let's look at those aspects. First, dynamism. The body acts and therefore you generate more energy. As I gave that example, exercise makes you feel energetic, strong, whereas inactivity actually weakens your muscles and your whole body. Second, your mind. If you leave your mind to itself, all it thinks about, because that's the quality of the mind, is its own self, selfish right. needs. And that actually takes you down. Why? Because you're now hoping for something good to come of it. You're attached to the result. You're worried about previous failures. You're anxious about future success. All of that drains your energy. So what Krishna says is, surrender your mind to me, which is God. What we are saying is surrender your mind to any ideal that's higher than your selfish needs, a higher power, some charity. And Krishna says, renouncing all actions in me, saying, whatever I do, I'm doing for this higher cause, to this ideal, to God. And when you do that, since you're not thinking about yourself, you're not worrying about the past, you're not thinking about the future. Right. You're not worried about the results of this. And you say, whatever comes of it, comes. There is, in India, a cricketer, very famous cricketer, who basically says, you know, when it comes to the point where I'm at a, a centuries, 100 runs in cricket, he says, when he starts to get to around 85, 90, he says, I stop looking at that big scoreboard that's on the field. He says, because then... The desire to reach that 100 and cross it starts to make me act in such a way that I make silly mistakes. Right. He says, so I block out the score and I just play the way I'm supposed to, which is exactly what Krishna is saying here. Surrender to a higher ideal. Do not look at the goal. If you act selfishly, it says you dissipate energy. If you act selflessly, you gain energy. Now, the energy for action wanes when you think about yourself. Whereas, look at the stories of Mahatma Gandhi or um, Mandela, yep. and how they acted was for others. It didn't matter that the British put Gandhi in jail so many times, or beat him, or Mandela. They put him to work in uh, manual labor, breaking stones and rocks. and they felt actually sorry for him because they had so much respect for Mandela. Just a slight story off the subject. When Mandela was in jail, um, the governor or whoever it was in South Africa said, everybody should learn the language that the Dutch, the white people who came to South Africa, were speaking. And they said, you have to learn our language. 
And the Africans who live there say, this is our land. You've come from Holland and you come here and you tell us to learn your language because you think you're more powerful. We're not going to do it. But Mandela, who was locked up in jail, said to the guards, teach me your language. I want to learn. And so they were amazed. They said, fine, we'll teach you. But they looked down upon him. As they taught him, they realized what a good man he was, that he was doing this for others. And they had respect for him as he started learning their language and he started to speak it fluently. They said, you know what? You don't have to break rocks. You stay over here. You learn the language. Let those other guys break rocks. Mm -hmm. And to their surprise, Mandela said, no, I want to go out there and I want to break these rocks with them. Just because I right. learn with you, study with you, I'm still going to act selflessly. And so the guards who liked him so much started to like the other prisoners. And they said, for his sake, let's just go easy. So they started to give the whole criminals, all of them, they weren't criminals, but what they called criminals, they started yeah. giving them breaks from the rock. So when he started acting selflessly, what happened is it generates energy, not only for yourself, but from outside forces these guards started to help not just you but for the world itself right. so it it, it yeah. spreads very quickly not only do you get energy even outside forces come to help you and we've seen that with gandhi we've seen that with mandela uh, we've seen this with a lot and many of us have had personal experiences like that number three intellect we talked about the body we talked about the mind now the intellect with thoughts resting on the self with a capital s the intellect has to constantly maintain focus of the ideal, whatever that ideal higher goal is. Whenever the mind slips back, bring it into focus of the intellect. Allow that intellect to bring the mind back. With that, you de develop tremendous power and energy to act. So, number one, mind surrenders to an ideal, whatever that higher power is. Number two, your action, like the batsman that's playing cricket, he surrenders to an ideal. He says, I'm doing this not for me, not so I can be a famous cricketer, but for a higher cause. Intellect, constantly maintain an awareness of the ideal. Keep that focus up there. So I'm doing it for this reason. Mandela says, I'm doing it so that I can get my country free. Mahatma Gandhi says, I want the British to leave India. Number four, having gained this energy, you must prevent this energy from being wasted away. Those holes in the bucket. Right. Free from hope, the hope that something will come of it. Free from attachment to the result. Fight without mental fever, which is called juara in Sanskrit. Fight without the mental fever or the mental excitement. Now, what is mental fever? Whenever you're doing something, you have this feeling that something good is going to come of it. You start to get excited. I feel like that all the time. So, right. you know, yeah. And I need to struggle to control that excitement when, I, when that comes about because it dissipates the energy. So how does the mind lose focus and dissipate its energy? There are three ways, three channels of dissipation. Those are the three holes in the bucket yeah. that Sri Gautam Jain was talking about. Worries about the past right, that we talked about, anxiety about the future, which mm. is the biggest. Will I get this? Will I get this? Will I get right. money, power, fame, reputation, popularity, whatever. Ex anxiety about the future. And excitement in the present. Past, present, and future. Mm. The future being the biggest. Excitement in the present while you're doing it. The juara, the fever of the um, action. The present action is the cause and the effect is in the future. 
So cause and effect. Whatever you're acting now, the future will be the effect. So that's verse 30, which I personally find very yeah. uh, clear, and I like it for myself. Number 31. Those men who constantly practice this teaching of mine, full of shraddha and without unnecessary questions and objections, they too are liberated from actions. So when he says liberated from actions, understand that what he's really talking about is vasanas, because yeah. what are actions? Actions are things you do in order to fulfill your desires, which come from your vasanas. And what the Gita says is that ultimately you cannot gain moksha or liberation or become one with the self as long as you have vasanas, which are desires, because then you'll keep acting in order to fulfill them. Right. So when he says, sorry, go ahead. No, right, I was just... I... So when he says liberated from actions, he's really referring to being liberated from your vasanas or desires. He says, when you act in this way, constantly practice this teaching of mine, full of shraddha. Shraddha is a word in Sanskrit that there's no English translation for, but loosely it means um, devotion. Um, shraddha means faith and all of those things put together to the end. So without, you have to have that devotion, you have to have that faith, you have that determination, that drive to be able to see it to the end. And without unnecessary questions and objections, the scriptures say you must ask. When you have, as you're studying this, it encourages you to make sure that you ask questions, but not unnecessary questions and objections. That's called caviling. Right. Caviling, you know, you're just arguing with the teacher. If you do that, then he says, if you ask questions, get your doubts fulfilled, you have shraddha and faith, and you devote everything to me, then you are liberated from action. So you have to constantly think to yourself, what am I doing with my life? Why am I doing whatever it is that I'm doing? You accumulate vasanas, which are the cause of all action, because of your egocentric act actions and because of your selfish action. So it becomes a vicious cycle. Right. You do an action that is egocentric, selfish. You fulfill your desire, but it generates more desire. So it becomes, and that more desire comes back, you act again, and it keeps going round and round for life after life after life, and those vasanas get bigger and bigger. And those need you to keep acting to fulfill those desires. Those vasanas are acquired by you, by each one of us. You are never free to live apart from your vasanas as you keep accumulating them. So be very careful because you're going to get liberated from that. But you can get liberated if you follow the karma yoga principle. So what he talked about before saying do your action like in verse 30, whatever you do without hope, without attachment, just liberate yourself by giving this to a higher cause you will get liberation from your vasanas and from this world. So now verse 32, chapter 3, verse 32, the last one. But those who find fault unreasonably at this teaching and do not practice it, deluded in all knowledge and senseless in themselves, know them to be ruined. Mm. So he's not, Krishna's not cursing anybody. He's not saying, listen, I curse you if you don't do that. What he's saying is, 
you yourself are going to cause yourself to be ruined. Because if you don't understand this, you're going to keep going round and round in circles. Your vasanas will keep getting bigger. You're just going to be drowning in right. this whirlpool yeah. of desires and action, desires and action. So did I drown everybody in confusion? No, <laughs> not at all. No, I like I like the thought about unnecessary questioning I, because there are people who are contrary and they'll take these and they'll just they just want to pick it apart. Right. Just looking for opportunities to pick it apart, accepting it and dealing with that and asking real questions that help you fulfill your understanding of it is yeah. much more productive. Right. The thing that the scriptures point out to us is that even the greatest of sages would encourage the students, no matter how much, little they knew, is to ask questions yeah. as much as they want. Not unnecessary questions, fighting, argumentative, no. Ask questions, intelligent questions, get your answers, we're here to tell you. And the same thing with you, friends. If you go to Facebook, go to Gita, Memoirs of a Psychiatrist, ask questions, comments, um, and I'll be happy to answer them as quickly as I can. Yeah, you can message us and have questions and further the discussion on our Facebook page, The Gita Memoirs of a Psychiatrist. If you're listening on the audio-only podcast, you can continue to listen, but come on over to the Facebook page and start a conversation with us as well. Yes. Thank you again for joining us, and like Lou, thanks for facilitating this. Always fun. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.